This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of 1 John. son to be executed in your place you think he's going to withhold anything you think he's going to hold out on you after that how could you think such a thing if God is for us and he is that's the implication clearly God is for us so who can be against us the enemy may try to harass us and intimidate us but he has been defeated God is for us the devil can't prevent the blessings of God in your life You can, though. The Bible says that if God is for us, who can be against us? Pastor Robert brings this point home by reminding us that Abba Father did not spare His only beloved Son just to save us. God sent Jesus to die in our place so that we might be restored. If the Lord was willing to do this, surely He would keep no good thing from His children. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with part one of today's message in the book of 1 John. Today we're going to be back in the book of 1 John in uh, in chapter 2. You know, the book of 1 John is a favorite of many Bible teachers. It seems like John wrote it to a group of people he loved and and cared about, and his concern for their well-being reflects the heart of God, and it comes through loud and clear in in every passage in the book. In chapter 2, verse 12, he wrote, he says, "I, I write to you, little children, because you're sisters, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, clearly there's some redundancy there, right? He repeats himself. Bible commentaries contain pages and pages and pages dissecting John's words here. They examine the tenses and the, you know, the phrases. They, they pontificate about every tiny little nuance. Personally, I think sometimes scholars can tend to overcomplicate things. The simple understanding of this passage is that John loved the people to whom he was writing. He cared about them. He was concerned that young and old alike would continue to press into the Lord and stand strong in their faith. It's clear from what he writes in the section that follows this one that some had already drifted away. They they had been deceived. They had walked away from the church. But John affirms this group and he encourages them to continue to persevere. Hang in there. The one comment that I do want to draw our attention to is is there in verse 14 where John says, you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. 
I find this to be incredibly important for a couple of reasons. First is the fact that by putting our faith in Christ, we have already overcome the wicked one. Victory over evil is already ours. We can't be held captive to our fallen flesh any longer. We were set free to be led by the Spirit of God into the future which He has prepared for us. It's wise to note that this will only happen to the extent that the Word of God abides or remains within us. Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A few years ago, I did a a message on that verse of Scripture entitled God's Silver Platter. We talked about the fact that the Bible tells us that He has everything laid out on a silver platter for the believer. We just have to walk in those things. Our problem is that so many times we're focused on making things happen for ourselves. God has already made the things happen which should happen. We need to be looking to Him and not looking to ourselves if we want the blessings that God has in store for us. I just finished a book by a psychiatrist, survivor of um, a couple of the Nazi concentration camps. And fascinating book, not, not a Christian book, but a book on suffering, a book on happiness, a book on meaning and It was so interesting to to read from a clinical perspective, this psychiatrist talking about why and how we get it wrong when we focus on making things happen for ourselves and pursuing happiness for ourselves and all these kinds of things, how we make ourselves miserable in our attempt to make ourselves happy how we deprive ourselves of pleasure in the pursuit of pleasure. Fascinating little book. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. In Romans 8.28, we're encouraged. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. See, that's a, that's a key thing right there, that last little part. You know, we miss out on it. Because so many of us, in reality, though we say we love the Lord, in the practice of our day-to-day lives, it ain't so. Do you understand what I just said? We just sang about, you know, God, you're my priority. And I'm standing there thinking, oh, Lord, Jesus. (laughs) If only that were true in the details of my day-to-day life. So I'm thinking of specific situations where I made me my priority as evidence in the fact that I snapped at her, or maybe you, or JP. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if he were my priority in that moment, I wouldn't have made that situation about me. No, I was the priority. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. So make it a real focus, right? to love God in all things at all times. To those who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He also justified. Whom He justified, these He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And that's a long roundabout way of saying, listen, he's, he sent his son to be executed in your place. You think he's going to withhold anything? You think he's going to hold out on you after that? How could you think such a thing? If God is for us, and he is, that's the implication. Clearly, God is for us. So who can be against us? The enemy may try to harass us and intimidate us, but he has been defeated. God is for us. The devil can't prevent the blessings of God in your life. You can, though. You can, by neglecting the Word of God. If the Word of God abides within you, you're strong. You've overcome the wicked one. Second reason that verse 14 is significant is the fact of a personal evil. Now, I word it that way because sometimes we, we lose sight of that fact, or, or, or maybe we just don't want to think about it. But the Bible is clear that the devil actually exists and that he is deliberately seeking to trap you. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it with a plan, right? The Bible talks to us about his schemes. 1 Peter 5.8 warns us, be sober, be vigilant. What does the word vigilant mean? Anybody? Watchful. Watchful. Don't let your guard down. Pay attention to the fact that you have an enemy who would like to eat your lunch. Jesus said he only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Peter said, you need to be aware of that fact and watchful. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's focused on eating your lunch. You see that? So important. I see two extremes within the body of Christ. One sees a demon behind every bush. Everything's a demon. You need deliverance from everything. When I first became a Christian, I was part of a church that, man, you, you, you just needed deliver, deliverance for everything. You know, there was a demon of smoking. There was a you know, demon of tobacco. There was a demon of alcohol. There was, you know, you name it. And there was a demon behind it. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. What the book of James says, the Bible tells us that you and I are enticed. That implies an outside force, right? That implies possibly demonic involvement. But he says it's your own lusts. so much for joining us today. We are so excited. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He's doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open up more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. 
Now here's Tracy with some more information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.